Who are the top international prospects in the 2022 NBA class? If that is what you're wondering, I got your answers right here. Stay tuned. Happy Friday, and you are listening to the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. This is your daily NBA Draft Podcast, and I am Rafael Barlow, the Director of Scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBADraftJunkies.com. Now, I've made a name for myself as the guy that knows all the international prospects. And in this episode, I guess it's an opportunity for me to strut my stuff a little bit because I am going to answer mailbag questions about players from across the water over the last... I don't know, maybe the last few weeks, I've probably received hundreds of DMs, whether it's podcast requests or just questions about the draft in general. And one of the questions that I've been getting a lot is, who are the top international prospects? And there are many questions about whether their team or a fan, is their particular team is going to draft and stash some guys. And then people in, in general have questions about the international guys because obviously their film is not as accessible and there's not as much information. So what I've decided to do is turn this episode into an international prospect slash mailbag episode. And I will answer some of the questions that I have been receiving through my DMs on Twitter, even emails. I've been getting a lot of emails also. All right. So the first question is actually, you know what, before I even get into the first question, I forgot to thank you for making the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast, your first listen of the day. I don't know how I forgot that. Again, thank you. And thank you for, again, sticking with this this podcast. I know it was a big transition with Chad Ford moving on. And so far, the numbers have been great. They've been really good. I think we've exceeded expectations. And now the numbers are probably even increased a little bit more because we are getting closer to the draft. So once again, thank you so much. All right, let me get right into these questions. All right, the first question is, since you are the international guru, uh, I didn't name myself the international guru, but I've, I've heard it before, I'll take it, and a fellow Blazers fan, definitely, what do you think about taking a shot on an athletic defensive-minded big at 57? Abu Baji and Yannick Sosa, who was talked about as a potential lottery pick before the season. All right. You know what? I am a Blazers fan. That is correct. And I think that a team or multiple teams are foolish if you're not giving Abu Baji a shot. I've talked about him numerous times. 7'8", 7'9", wingspan, 7'1", 240, freakish athlete, can Touch the top of the backboard, probably. I think that he's probably one of the best athletes in this class overall. And I, I remember when the first time I saw him play, 2019, and I think he was maybe 15 or 16 years old. And in my mind, I said, this guy's going to be the number one pick as soon as he's eligible for the draft. And for whatever reason, he has just not developed at the rate that I thought. He's still really raw. But I think that he can play in the NBA. I think that the NBA game was a little bit more suited for his style of play I think all he'd really have to do is run the floor protect the rim catch lobs and not saying that it's that easy but I think that in the right system I think he'll be fine I also feel like if he goes to let's say he goes to a a young team that's looking to get up and down the floor then he can develop where I do think he'll struggle at is maybe a team that runs like a really strict system so maybe like a San Antonio or 
uh, anyone that comes from like that Spurs tree, and if they you know play the same way, I think he may struggle there because he's still really raw. But if you just put him in an up and down system, I think he'll be fine. And then as far as Yannick and Sosa, I'm I'm curious to see what happened. Um, I actually spoke to someone that was pretty close to him yesterday, and it's just kind of a mysterious, a, a mystery. You know, again, he was very, very highly regarded last year at this time. Many people thought that he was a top five pick. We talked about it on previous podcasts, which is Chad Ford and I, and it just, it's, like I said, it's a mystery. I do think that he'll get drafted. I think somebody is going to take a flyer on him, especially a team that probably has multiple picks. And he's someone, if you have multiple picks, then you can draft him, maybe stash him, and let him develop. I even let him develop in the G League. He's still pretty young, one of the youngest players in this class. But it is one of the biggest mysteries. Not the biggest mystery, but it is very, very mysterious as to why he has fallen. But again, we're talking about this kid that's 7-1. He's a pretty good athlete, not crazy athlete, but he has good touch around the rim, and he has all of the tools to be like this really good switchy defender that can protect the rim and defend out in space. So he may not be like the most explosive athlete, but he's very fluid, and he is someone that projects as a guard that can, uh, a big that can defend guards in space. All right, second question is. Why are people so high on Ushman Jang? He shot 39% from the floor, 27% from three, 66% from the foul line, and he averaged more turnovers than assists. But he's projected as a lottery pick. That is a very, very good question. And when you look at when you look at Jang's stats, it doesn't really tell the whole story. And I'll admit that I was kind of wrong about him at the beginning of the year because at one point he was averaging like four points per game, and his field goal percentage was, was like... 22 17 i mean the, the numbers were awful like actually the worst numbers i've ever seen period and he struggled and what i realized is that i didn't really put into context the fact that he's an 18 year old kid who left australia i mean who left france to go to australia was there without family and was just kind of in a, a a difficult situation for him to adjust but if you look at the second half of the season he looked exactly like the player that many people thought he was going to be. Again, 6'10", can handle the ball. Definitely more of a wing than, than a big. Is comfortable as the ball handler. I think he has potential to be a three-level scorer. And I think he can be like a really good defender because of his wing st- wingspan and agility. Again, he just has crazy, crazy potential. An agent friend of mine, who doesn't represent him, but a friend of mine that's an agent, said that he is, talking about Ushman Jang, is the one prospect that he would swing for the fences on with a high lottery pick. Because he he said his theory is if he were a GM, he'd swing for the fences. He wouldn't play it safe. And he said Jang is someone that he thinks if he pans out, he could end up being one of the top two or three best players in this class. So that's pretty high praise right there. I haven't kept up. Who was the top international player in this class and it it, you know it it just depends on what you like so some may say jang and i think jang is going to be the first international player selected 610 like i said he's drawn comparisons to paul george then there is nikola jovic not to be confused with nikola jokic also about 610 611 very skilled can handle the ball can post up 
has just a very nice game. I know when I first saw him play last year, I compared him to like a poor man's Jason Tatum with the way he played. And I think that there are, how can I say this? I think there's some similarities, but, but Jovic isn't going to be, at least I don't think that he's going to be the type of score that Tatum is. I, when I'm, when I made the comment, I meant more so like I can tell, or I can assume that he watches Jason Tatum film and he likes to operate in the mid post. He likes to just kind of, um, take some contested shots. Sometimes the shot selection can be a little bit concerning, but I think at the same stages, he's not as good of a scorer as Tatum but he's a much better passer. And we've seen the strides that Tatum made as a passer this year and, you know, how much better it made his teammates. So I think Jovic is one of the top two. Then you can go with uh, Ishmael Kamagate, who I'm pretty high on, center, late bloomer. So I think this is a a, a good international class. Uh, I forgot about John Montero, who's one of my favorite players. And I think he kind of gets left off Left, left off the international list in a sense because he spent this year with Overtime Elite, but this is only one year here. He has spent, he, he's actually Dominican born and he spent the last few years prior to coming to the States and in Spain. So I think it's a pretty good class. I believe you could see maybe three or four guys in the first round, best case scenario. And then I think there's going to be some good guys in the second round available. All right, before I get into the next line of questions, You know I have to talk to you about BetOnline, the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and sports info. You can find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best, the absolute best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports, events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website now, or you can use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. And that's because BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, once again, you are listening to the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. This is your host, Rafael Barlow. And today is all about the international players, international flavor. I love the international game. And I spent this whole season, well, I shouldn't say the whole season. I spent the majority of the season overseas. I lived in Barcelona. I lived in Athens. I went to games in Istanbul, Turkey. I went to tournaments in Italy, stayed in Milan for a few weeks. So the passport is stamped up. The passport is, it looks like the graffiti on on a subway in New York. Or if you've ever been to Athens, Greece, it looks like any wall in Athens, Greece. So it's stamped up and... That's why I feel I am qualified to answer these questions. All right, so I'll get into the next question, and it is, do you think a lot of players will be drafted and stashed? I actually think so. I think there could be two or three, maybe even four guys that are drafted and stashed. I think there are teams with multiple picks that may not be interested in bringing guys over, so they'll let them develop. I think a draft and stash is kind of risky in a sense for the player because you can end up just kind of getting lost in the shuffle a team can draft you they'll they'll stash you and then the next year they'll bring in another guy and and at the same rate team may not want to bring in multiple rookies so I think it's kind of risky 
I know one particular player, he was drafted and, and stashed, and he was very disappointed to find out the team that drafted him just told him that they didn't have plans for him that immediate season. And now he just feels like he's kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit. So it's, it's kind of risky. But, of course, you want to hear your name called. But it's no, like, guarantee the team was actually ever going to bring you over. So we've seen situations where a guy gets traded and you hear, like, oh, he got traded for the rights of whoever. And it's a person that's a fill-in. And you've never heard of that person. So I think that's a, a fear. But I do believe guys will be drafted and stashed. All right, the next question. I'm a big fan from Italy. What are your thoughts on Matteo Spaniolo and Gabriel or Gabriel Proshida? I like both guys a lot. I've had a chance to watch both of them play live this season. Then spoke to them quite a bit at, at the Combine. I was uh, just kind of checking on the guys because I, I, I know what it's like from their perspective. When I was in Europe, I was, you know, by myself for the most part. My wife was with me for a little while and then, you know, found out we we're expecting so she ended up coming back to the state so for the most part I was there by myself and you know it can be an adjustment and now that I'm here in, in my country when I'm some of the international players that I meet I like to check on them just you know make sure that they're they're doing well I know for the most part their agents and everything has taken really really good care of them so their situation is a a lot different than mine but still you know just just like to reach out so um big fans of both guys on and off the court i'll start with spaniolo one of the youngest guards has great size for a point guard and i just love his offensive creativity has a little step back to his game can create his own shot very confident has this flash and flair to his game and it's very interesting because he has this flash and flair and his game exudes confidence. And then when you meet him, not saying that he's not confident. I'm not saying that at all. When you meet him, he's just this cool, calm, down-to-earth kid. So I'm really rooting for him. I, I think that he was up in the air as far as whether or not he was going to stay in the draft. But I'm, I'm glad that he, he did stay in the draft. And I mentioned, or actually I spoke with him a few days ago, and he told me that he had a really good workout for the Detroit Pistons. So um, I'm, I'm hoping that he gets drafted. And then Gabriel Prashida, I think he would be the first name selected from the two. One of the best athletes in this draft period, and definitely the best athlete in this international class as far as from the wings. I, I'd say it's between him, Abu Baji, and Ishmael Kamagate, but Prashida is the only one that is a wing from that class. I think he has a, a definite NBA role as a shooter, transition finisher. He has the athleticism to where he could be a you know, pretty good defender. So I think both guys get drafted. Maybe Proshida stays or plays next year. And then I, I guess maybe Spaniolo is a draft and a stash because Spaniolo is pretty young. And I do think some of the top clubs in Europe want him just because – there's been some shuffling around of the point guards in, in Europe, and I think he could end up in a situation similar to Rokas Jokabaitis. But the question is, where does he play next year if he ends up going back to Europe? Because I think Real Madrid has his rights, and that's where I first became aware of his game when he played for Real Madrid at the Adidas Next Generation Tournament. And then this season was his first year as a pro, and he played very well. And the game that I went to, as far as Spaniolo, the game that I went to, they played Virtus Bologna, which won the Italian League. And no, I'm sorry, they won the Euro Cup, and they're in the finals for the Italian League. And he had his best game, outplayed some really good professional players that game. So I like both of those guys. 
I think both will get drafted. But I, I think if there was one, I'd have to guess would be Stash. It would be Spaniolo. All right, the next question is, do you consider Jeremy Sohan and John Montero when you rank the international class? That's a very, very good question because Sohan is, you know, for the most part, I think he spent the majority of his life overseas. He did go to high school for a little bit in the States. If I am not mistaken, he went one semester in Indiana, and then I think he left because of COVID, and then he went back to play overseas. And he was also born in the States. And then as far as Montero, he played this past season with Overtime Elite. So I think some people don't consider that as part of the international class. But for this, you know, for the sake of this podcast, I will rank them as international prospects because I think they have international passports. So Sohan is probably the first one of the two that's going to come off the board. I think that he will be... In the late lottery, if he isn't late lottery, then he could end up falling no lower than 16. I look at a team like Atlanta, they need some help on defense, and Sohan is this switchy defender that can defend multiple positions. But Atlanta has a log jam of wings, and, and you know I don't know if that's the best path for him to get a lot of playing time as a rookie, unless Atlanta makes some moves, which they are expected to make. But Sohan is someone that I think... I don't, I don't see him falling past number 16. I think he can go as high as 12. As far as Montero, uh, I had a chance to interview him a few weeks ago, one of my favorite prospects. I've been watching him or at least keeping close tabs on him since he was about 15 or 16. His name has been really, really quiet on, on the draft rumors. Haven't heard much about him. I've heard from a reliable source that he could still end up being a first-round pick. I know for a while I had him mocked as a first-rounder. And then I I just was kind of disappointed that he didn't really get a chance to play at the combine. Played like six minutes, had six points, got poked in the eye, and then he he didn't play the rest of that game or come back the next day. But it would be very, very interesting to see where he ends up because, like I said, I've heard first-round pick, late first round, and I've also seen him mocked on other boards as a mid-second rounder. But I like Montero a lot, man. I know I've probably said that three times. He doesn't pass the eye test. It's not like this great athlete. But despite the fact that he's not like this great athlete, defenders struggle staying in front of him. And he's a very, very good passer. I always had him in the, not necessarily a box, but I always kind of labeled him as a scorer. But he is, I think, one of the best passers in, in, in this class. All right, the last question for this segment. What are your thoughts on Nikola Jovic playing with Nikola Jokic? I think that would be very, very cool. I mean, think about this. What are the chances of that happening? You have two guys with very similar names, just one letter off. They're both from Serbia, and they both make it to the NBA and both play on the same team. That would be like one of the craziest scenarios that I've heard. Denver now has multiple first-round picks, so I think that could be an option. Although I did hear, I heard from and I don't even want to give up I'll just say I heard from a source that Jovic may have a guarantee in the mid first round so he may not be available to Denver but I think it would be very very cool if again those two guys same country very similar names both play in the NBA Serbia is not a big country it's not a big country at all I mean I think there's cities in the United States that are 
that have a bigger population than the entire country of Serbia. But whatever they have in the water in Serbia, it's working. Their developmental program is great. You know, when you think of Serbians, at least for me, when I think of Serbians, I think of these multi-skilled basketball players that can dribble, shoot, pass. And I've spent time in Serbia this year. I went to some tournaments and watched some of the younger teams playing. And everybody's just so skilled. You don't really have like a traditional center that can't space the floor and everybody whether it's the guards or the centers all seem to be working on the same thing in their developmental process so again that'll be very interesting to see if that happens all right i want to talk to you about this listener survey and it's just you know it's an important favor that we'd like to ask of you here at locked on and we've put together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners like you and make sure that your favorite locked on podcast is even better this is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about the locked on podcast you can go to lockedonpodcast.com slash survey it won't take you long i promise you i know it's a friday it's not the weekend i know i mean my locked on listeners y'all have stuff to do but it won't take long and everyone that completes their survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 100 ticket master gift cards so take the audience survey go to lockedonpodcast.com slash survey and thank you for your help in making Locked On, which is already a great platform, even better. All right, last segment. have a few more questions that I would like to answer. And the first one is, I've seen Khalifa Jop on different mock drafts. Where do you think he'll land? I think Jop will be a second-round pick. I think that there are multiple teams that could use him. Uh, seven-footer, skilled, had a good season, has been playing professionally for a little while so he, he does have some experience i think somewhere in the second round like detroit could could use him i think that uh, timberwolves who have multiple picks could use him sacramento could could use him so i i, I like him I, I think that he's somebody that has a, a good chance of making a roster and developing into a decent rotation player in the nba all right, number 10, this is, okay, so this is probably my favorite type of question to answer, and the question is, I am interested in being an international scout. Is it scary? Have you ever been scared to travel alone? And maybe I'm just a little bit different, but the answer is no. I have never, not once, been scared to travel internationally. I'm just, I just love traveling i love geography i love scouting so when i was a kid if i could combine all my favorite things from geography to creating content to basketball to scouting i've been able to do them all so i think for me the answer is a little bit different but no i haven't been scared if there was one time i was a little bit shook it was in belgrade serbia and i go to the game and it's it's this crazy like old looking arena and I, I walk to it and everybody is like outside all the guys kind of looked the same they all had beards they all like smoking cigarettes and if the game started at seven this is like six o'clock because I always try to get to the game at least an hour early and it's the it's like a huge crowd outside the game again everybody's just I mean I would say at least two or three hundred guys were just outside smoking cigarettes talking and I get into the arena and the crowd is jumping. 
I mean, I'm talking like jumping up and down. Like they have like I don't even think they were like real signs. It looked like bed sheets, and they had words spray painted in. I don't even know the official language. I'll, I'll just say Serbian. And uh, and this is an hour before the game, and the crowd is jumping up and down. They're going crazy. They're chanting. They're yelling. And the the I mean, it was intense an hour before the game. So during the game was crazy intense. I mean, nobody sat down. Everybody's standing. I mean, the arena was old. It just felt like it was rocking, just rocking back and forth. I saw a stray cat in the arena. That's how crazy it was. And then after the game was over, it was like a, it came down to the last possession of the game. A guy missed a shot, and the fans stormed the court. Now, I didn't know if they stormed the court to celebrate the win or if they stormed the court to fight the opposing team. All I know was... You know, the arena was like a high school arena in a sense. Like, they had a door where, like, if you – it was, like, not too far behind the bench, and if you just walked out the door, you were outside. So it wasn't like the NBA arena where you go into it and you, you leave the, the court area, then you got to go through locker rooms and long tunnels and all that. I ran right outside that door outside. I didn't know what happened, and I couldn't, you know, like, read up and see if there was a brawl after the game or anything like that. I'm trying to, like, watch the news and see if I see something, like a little red ticker at the bottom that says breaking. But it ended up being nothing. It was just the fans celebrating a win. So that was the only time I was a little bit scared. But I I enjoy the international travel. I enjoy the international game. And to be honest with you, this this comment may not sit well with people, but America is not a safe place. I mean, we may feel comfortable here because we know it but america is dangerous like if you watch the news i mean you got kids i don't even want to really go into it but no i don't i don't think there's many places that as far as like basketball countries that are more dangerous than america so if i'm not scared here then i shouldn't be scared overseas all right next question san antonio has four picks i imagine they'll draft and stash one of them who is a candidate to be stashed? I've probably mentioned all the names in this in this uh, podcast. But there is a guy that has kind of come out of nowhere. He's a little bit older for, as far as the rest of the international prospects. But his name is Carlo Matkovic. And he really made a name for himself at the Combine. Big dude, about 6'10", 6'11". And he's an explosive athlete. And uh, I think that he made a name for himself. I think a team is going to draft him. I believe he's like 22 years old. So he may not be considered to have the highest upside compared to some of the ones that are like 18 or 19 years old. But he is an athletic big, and I think he's Serbian. And so I think that he could be someone that gets drafted and stashed. All right, the last question is, and the person says i'm from australia where do you think the two new zealand breakers players will go so i think with with Usman jang who played for the new zealand breakers i think that he'll be a lottery pick i could see him going as high as 12 and then hugo besson is a little bit of a mystery besson i, I think he'll, i think he'll be a second round pick and i'll just give the audience a little bit of a breakdown of his game he is a a scorer. I mean, he is wired to score. I think he can play the one and the two. And I know I've spoken with his agent, and he believes that he's best as a point guard. He's considered more of a combo guard. I thought he played well at the combine. I say the biggest concern about him is, is the defense and maybe like the defensive aggression. 
but he's a skilled scorer. I've had a chance to watch him play uh, or watch him work out here in Dallas right as he was preparing for the combine in the draft. Skilled scorer, can create his own shot off the dribble, likes to shoot the jumper, is, is a very good three-point shooter, um, is a tough shot taker and tough shot maker, and that's just who he is. I think that the key for for Besson once he gets to an NBA team is to establish himself as a tough shot taker and maker. So that way, if he does in the game, he doesn't get pulled right away because the coach is like, you don't ever do that. But um, he's very confident himself. Sneaky athlete. You know, he's one of those guys that you, I mean, it's a lazy stereotype, but you're not going to assume he's athletic. And he doesn't play athletic. His game isn't based off of athleticism. But he'll make some sneaky dunks. And, and he'll he'll get by you and he'll finish above the rim. I know there was a play... I saw just with my own eyes he was playing pickup here in Dallas and uh you know kind of quiet and which I totally understand he was here in a new environment English isn't his first language so he's just kind of playing with some of the guys that are preparing for the draft they don't know who he is and he doesn't know who they are like one of the funny things was he asked me he's like you know who's that guy over there and I'm like that's Drew Timmy and you know Drew is obviously one of the most popular college basketball players in, in the country but 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 someone didn't know anything about him. So anyway, there was a play where somebody shot a, a three-pointer and they missed it. And Besson flew in for a one-handed tip dunk. I actually have the video. So it was pretty impressive. And people were kind of looking like, him? He did that? And it's just an example of his, his sneaky athleticism. I know some have compared him to Tyler Hero. So I think that he he's someone that would be drafted in the 40s. Off the top of my head, I can't think of like the ideal fit for him. But he is someone, like I said, that can play, I think, both guard spots, can shoot the ball, can create his own shot, and has some offensive creativity. So I, I like Besson a lot. And I'm a little biased because I had a chance to, again, watch him play. I interviewed him. He came on my podcast and he talked about his journey. And one of the things that he said to me that really stood out was when he went from France to Australia, similar to Ushman Jang, which I mentioned in the in the first segment, he said Besson said he didn't know English. He had to learn English on the fly. And again, he had to learn English on the fly without having family or friends there. So he just kind of had to pick it up. And it's always interesting when I meet people who English isn't their first language and how the, they pick it up because I think it's a difficult language to, to master. But he said he watched a lot of TV. So um, pretty interesting story there. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for listening on a Friday. Shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. Now, I want you to check out the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. The draft picks have been made. Search now for Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. and You can get over 50 insiders and the Odyssey experts and the draft experts from the Locked On NBA Big Board like myself. This five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. Make the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen of the day. And I will give you a disclaimer. It is a mock draft. So I don't want somebody taking my quotes from this mock draft and making it seem like it's my... (laughs) Or just not understanding that it's not a mock draft. It's happened a couple times today. I think I let off the the first segment saying that there's going to be a lot of moves and trades made today. And it came out today here on Friday. And I've been tweeted as people started thinking that that there's going to be a bunch of NBA moves made today. But no, I was talking about the Locked On Experts mock draft. 
But thanks again, it's Rafael Barlow signing out. Hope everybody has a great weekend. And the next time you hear my voice, it will be NBA Draft Week. And I am out.